0: Nomad Nomad. Nomad. Podcast. Hey there, I'm Sean and welcome to Nomad Podcast. I have a special treat for you today. So Diego Bejarano did not originally intend to start a movement. He was frustrated with his working situation and the lack of social interaction and decided he'd invite a few friends that he had uh, who all had remote jobs down to South America to try living and working. Uh, Little did he know this experiment would morph into a company that's since become one of the premier travel programs for location independent workers. Uh, Diego is co-founder of Wi-Fi Tribe. Uh, This is a travel program that allows you to hop in and out of groups uh, that are roving around South America and Europe and Asia. And uh, In this interview, Diego is going to tell us a little bit about how this program came to be, uh, the values who it's appropriate for, uh, and really we're gonna dig into what it means to be a mobile community of nomads. Uh, We also get into some interesting topics around intermittent fasting, uh, Diego's rituals for how he stays productive and and brings his office with him on the road. Uh, And we also get a little bonus tour of the house in Bolivia that they're currently at. You'll meet some of the folks uh, having breakfast in Bolivia. So without further ado, I hope you enjoy this conversation. Here is Diego Bejarano of Wi-Fi Tribe. Nomad Podcast is supported in part by Nomad Prep, an online academy that teaches you everything you need to know to take your job on the road and crush it abroad. Enroll today at nomadprep.com podcast and get your first four days of training completely free. Nomad Prep, take your job on the road and take on the world. Okay, welcome Diego to Nomad Podcast. Um, let's hey, thank you. Yeah, so Diego Bejarano, uh Diego, you are the founder or the co-founder of Wi-Fi Tribe, correct? Yeah, correct, exactly. There's also uh, Julia Calvite and she's, uh, she's from Germany. Okay, and what is, for the people that are listening who have no idea what Wi-Fi Tribe is, what, what is Wi-Fi Tribe?
1: Sure, uh, good question. Um, I think that the simplest way of explaining it is uh, it's just an alternative uh, way of living. I meant to dive a little bit deeper. We um, are a group of people who work remotely and who who choose to travel as part of that lifestyle, um, and who are looking for for community, right? So instead of traveling on our own, um, we we want to have that sense of I guess it's one of the pieces that's missing when when you're traveling usually, is that continuity of of friendships and community, right? So during the week we'll typically work, and then the weekends uh, we go out and explore the country together where we're at that moment and Wi-Fi tribe itself just uh, brings people together who are uh, who have this kind of lifestyle um, and makes I guess makes that part possible
0: yeah there's a there's a quote I want to read that was on your FAQ that just struck me like it really resonated but it says we believe that anyone who consciously designs their own lifestyle will be happier and more successful our perfect lifestyle needed to let us do three things one work on something we care about two, travel the world and three, build deep and meaningful relationships along the journey. Uh, I love that because I agree with you. I think that's pretty much, you do those three things, you're, you're, you're rocking. Um, but how, that's how you, I should have responded. <laughs> <laughs> well, how, how did you come up with this? <laughs> what, what, what's like the founding story of Wi-Fi Tribe? How did you guys come up with this plan? Sure. So um, it was actually
1: never meant to really be a, startup it was it was literally just that just just what you read out now i'm just changing changing a lifestyle um so i had been working trying to trying to figure out how to set up a startup for a while i wanted to do something in the tech space it was always something to do with communities that was always something that i was really excited about um and of course a possible traveling element but it was more around building apps and uh, growing communities online and um after sort of three years of that really not working out and then the whole time was i was i was in that mindset of like if i work really hard today then then tomorrow is going to be better right um so constantly and in, in that sense living for tomorrow um to the point where like i would have i, I stopped uh, really meeting friends um stopped just 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 about doing anything right it was literally all just head down working um I didn't even really do any networking. So even on that front, uh, at, in terms of my career, like unless something was to kick off, I would have just massively slowed down. So uh, the last time one of those failed, I just said, all right, um, well, you know, like classic thing you, you say um, to yourself, like, eh, hey, it's all right. We I learned something from it. It's okay. I, I know how not to do it. Um, but then there was like another part of me that was just saying, um, there's, there's got to be a better way. Um, I've just wasted, or... Not wasted, but um, I've used up three years, right? Three years where I've got a lot of energy, um, and I could have done done other things. There's, there's just got to be a different way of doing this, right? So I, I just, I guess I just decided I was whatever I was going to do next was going to be first figuring out the lifestyle element, um, changing the way that that I wanted to be living, and then putting work back into that. So fitting, uh, yeah, fitting a project back into that. And so the first step was just to uh, go freelance. Um, and I started to do marketing. Um, so I did that for a few months. And while I was still sort of closing up the, the last thing, I already wanted to head over to to Bolivia because I'm, I'm half German Bolivian. Um, and we have a house over here. So I was just going to invite over a few friends and see if they wanted to do something similar, just like, you know, kind of like working a bit. I could show them the country, um, just doing their, doing their own thing, but then traveling together. Um, so yeah, and and, and sh- shortly before kicking all of that off, I met uh, an old friend Julia Kozvite from uh, she, she's German. I met her at a conference way before, like three four years ago, and um, she was she'd been working remotely from South Africa for um, for a few months, almost almost two years, I think, actually. Um, and she was like, "Oh, well, this is a this is a cool idea. Um, let's see if if we can make it." Uh, yeah, if there's a possibility to do it in, in uh, Bolivia and if enough people join, and so I sent out an email to 100 friends. Um, enough of them said, "Yeah, sure, let's let's try it out," and uh, yeah. So then, about three weeks before we headed to Bolivia, we uh, set up a quick website on on Squarespace and a uh, really <laughs> crappy little website on Squarespace, and then put it out to um, a bunch of nomad groups. Um, yeah, and th- our first chapter—chapter—we didn't even call it that back then—was was Bolivia, and yeah, that one was just just free. It was literally just like, hey, come join us. And even then, like there there were people that joined, but it really wasn't that many. So I was like, this is for free, uh, and there's not that many people joining. Oh, I, don't, I don't know about this, but hey, it's for lifestyle, right? So it's okay. Um, and so the the we we got there, and then we, we said, okay, well maybe there is a sustainable way to do this. Maybe we could do it long term. We gotta we gotta try it out. So our very next chapter was going to be Costa Rica and we were going to start promoting it. We'd seen that Facebook ads worked really well in the space. Um, so we gave that a try. And that's literally what in, a, in the previous maybe three to four months as I went into freelance marketing, what I started learning, right? So I think that was a, it, was, it definitely was a huge piece of, of making this this work. Um, so yeah, we did some, some Facebook ads. They brought people in. That was the first time that we charged as well. Oh, and it ended up being Nicaragua because we <laughs> randomly found a really nice house there instead of in Costa Rica. Uh, and so that was our first, I guess, official chapter. Uh, and since then it just, you know, chapter by chapter, we, we said, okay, well, what about this place? What about that place? And it was kind of like decided sort of at the beginning of the, the next location that we were at. So very spontaneous, very just like organic,
0: right? So when you're adding new cities, what, what factors determine where you guys go next or what cities you add to the itinerary? Sure, initially it was like, oh, where should we go?
1: Um, and now it's become a lot more organized in that sense that uh, we will ask people who apply where they would like to go. And um, obviously it also comes up in the discussion, but that's where we have most of like the data, so to speak. And then we can look through all of that and see, okay, wow, lots of people want to try this out. Right? And it's got us to the point where we've even added um, places like, uh, like Iceland for next year and um, yeah, a few more places in Africa. So there are a few that are experimental, even if we don't have that much to like demand
0: or that, that many people saying I'd really like to go there. Um, but the majority are, are based on what people want to do. And you guys have multiple groups concurrently circulating around the world, right? How many different tribes or do you call them different tribes or is it one tribe and different groups? <laughs> Everyone calls it different things. So
1: like uh, all the members call it, um, call each chapter a tribe. <laughs> I'm trying to change that, but it's not working, so I'm gonna have to dance. (laughs) Um, I try to call them expeditions, but yeah, Um, anyway, pedantics. Um, We've got three different ones going on at the same time, and uh, one's currently in in South America, one in Europe, and one in Asia. And um, yeah, by the end of the year, we're looking at sort of having Africa, Europe, Asia, and South America running at the same time, and then into the next year, we want to start splitting up South and Central America so that there are essentially five like continents areas um, that people can travel to at any point in time.
0: Cool. And okay, so I wanna clarify, uh, cause in terms of the space and how you guys position yourselves in it, cause I know that there's, there's quite a few different options now. Um, I think of it like this. I think of it like the, a continuum where on one hand you have the static like co-living spaces, things like you know Rome and Selina and outside and those type operations. And then like I did remote year, which is like this, you know, you're probably familiar with it, but it's like a sequential, you sign up for this thing and you're committed for a year and you travel as a group. And it seems to me somewhere in between, uh, you guys are, I almost lump you in with like unsettled in that it's like, you can go in and out. You're not committed to stick with one group for the year, but you can kind of bounce around and you can go to Europe or Asia at your own leisure, wherever you want to go. Is that, is that kind of an accurate understanding or how do you see the space? Yeah, I think that's that's quite right. But I would
1: almost say like so you you got that continuum, that line, and I would say there's a there's a line that goes in parallel, um, because what we the first thing that we focus on is uh, is the community piece. So that's always been our our main priority, right? So any decisions that we've made, any changes, any any improvements have always been to figure out how how do we. Uh, Get to the point where people connect faster people are more together community um, builds faster uh, People see each other more and more and and again over the over the different chapters, right? Um, And with with kind of attached to that the other part is um, We're working on setting up a again an alternative lifestyle, right? So our Again, we don't call ourselves a retreat or a program, right? I would say that maybe Unsettled is more on the retreat side because it's very, um, it's it's very structured. You'll have a lot of like structured activities and um, come together for this, come together for that, and um, it's obviously the price point is also a little bit higher because there is a lot more facilitation, right? Um, so I'm guessing what you'll get in in Unsettled is that a lot of people they'll come um and they'll have they'll have a great experience and they might come again maybe once or twice a year, um, or maybe it might be every every second year or so. Um, whereas what we were trying to figure out is how can people choose this as a, just as a different lifestyle, right? And the the measurement for that would be that people come back again and again and again several times a year, right? So our average currently is um, about three and a half chapters per, uh, per person per, per year. That's within the first year, and then you'll have people coming back over, over years and years, right? Well, in our case, the two years that we've been running. Um, but there are people that are doing it the entire year, people that are doing uh, six chapters but again, it's like you say, you can pick and choose, kind of like a candy shop kind of thing. You can pin out whenever you want to. Um, but our focus is on figuring out how can, how can we get that community really, really um, tight, right? So we'll do less of the facilitation and more of the experience that's on the ground comes from the community uh, itself, right? A lot of it is self-organized, self-managed. Um, people choose what they want to do on the weekends. They get together, they organize that. Then somebody else does something else. Uh, some people will get people to come out to a restaurant right now here in Bolivia as an example we've got um someone who's who's leading workouts um again and this is not it's not that we said hey do you want to lead the workouts it literally just the person just got up and said i, I want to do these workouts who wants to join there's someone meditating we're doing like volleyball every um two times a day or so um there's yeah there's people getting us out to go to restaurants and and all the different weekend activities are organized by everyone here yeah
0: So just to give you like an idea of of where that's, it's kind of like a a parallel line of a different continuum. Got it. Yeah. So more self-organized stuff. I mean, we had, I noticed like in our remote year group, uh, I think we were different in that right off the bat, we had a lot of that going on. People just being really generous Mm -hmm. with their time and like organizing things internally to the group, not expecting for someone to make this event for us. We just go made it happen. Um, So that's cool that you guys, that is like, it sounds like that's your MO is like, that's the essence. Yeah. Cool. Absolutely. Absolutely so for someone who's listening, who's evaluating all these options and they're looking at the, the Salinas and the Roams and the outsides and all these other things that they could do, what makes, what, what, like, what makes them an ideal fit for you and what makes you an ideal fit for them? Like what, what type of people do really well in Wi-Fi Tread?
1: Perfect. Cool. So I, yeah, that's a good idea. I can start with explaining that and then maybe I'll go into explaining sort of the different ones that I know of out there and what's, What's sort of fundamentally different, um, maybe the different like spaces that are being tackled. Um, Yeah, so I think the people who do the best at at Wi-Fi try are those who want to, um, who are very keen about being a part of that community, right? So we found that people who don't do well, for example, are are those who are like, oh, I want the travel to be taken care of, or I want this to be taken care of. I want to have you know reliable internet and and be there, and then I can do my thing, right? Um, That it's really not. It's really not for them that that kind of experience um it's not that those things aren't there like those logistical things need to be there but um the experience is about something different and really it's about the um you know people getting together um we've we've seen people just like um the experience they have out of it is is entirely because of the people right like you can anyone can go to a country anyone can figure that part out um, but yeah, you have to have a, a crazy love for people, and enjoy being part of the community. It's not that it's for just for extroverted people. We actually have a, a good mix of introverts and extroverts. Um, but it's just you, you gotta want to be around people, get to know people, experience people. Right. That's the that's the point here. Yeah. And then to yeah, to give you an idea, maybe of different spaces. So um so maybe starting with Selena. So Selena is uh it, it's been a hostel, I think, for nine years, and they've um they recently decided to add uh, co-working spaces to their to their places right so they really come from that that hostel kind of setup and they have huge huge places i think some of that have something like 200 uh, spots or 300 um, like like beds right um, so what you're going to get there is the infrastructure for co-working the infrastructure for for a lot of things Selene is very much like a little like a bubble within that within that um, city um, it's so it's very comfortable but You'll probably struggle finding community in that sense. You'll find a lot of people, but the tightness uh, is that's that's not probably not their main focus. I think people who get a lot out of that are those who come into Selena maybe with a few friends and then use the the facilities, everything that's there again because that um, that's developed really well um, to to make their own experience, right? Or people probably like people who are really like sort of in that dating mode and um, they'll just meet a lot of people there as well, right? So that's one side, uh, which is sort of the perspective from the from the hostel uh, part. And then moving over to, um, I guess, an, another interesting one would be, uh, to talk about would be Rome. Um, so Rome is like, kind of like, like sort of the opposite end of that. It's uh, I would say it's a boutique hotel that has um, co-working attached to it. Um, very, very high-end, beautiful, beautiful places. Every time I've seen them, um, really, really, really nice. Um, and then the, of course, the, the prices is, is accordingly as well. Um, but you really do like you you get a, a hugely valuable uh, service for it, right? And I've also heard that recently the community has become stronger and stronger uh, within Rome. Also, probably because of people going going from one place to the next, right? Um, so to give you an idea, uh, there's one a place in in Miami, for example, where I think it's about two thousand uh, dollars a month, and and they also have like short ter- shorter term stays. Um, and then there's a place in uh, in San Francisco where I think it's around four four and a half or five thousand a month, right? So it, it adapts according to the city, right? And they're very much sort of in these bigger cities, right? So it's not like a traveling type of community. Um, let's see what else what else is there out there. Then there's uh, so programs like, I guess, and you'll know all about this, programs like Remote year, uh, and before there was there was WeRoam as well. Um, the, I think the focus on that is, uh, probably many of those people have, have, uh, just got, got into, or several of those people at least have just got into traveling and it's a chance for them to explore that whole, that whole world. Um, but it's also like, it's, it's like a one year long, uh, retreat. I know recently they've changed it to, to I think three or four months as well as an option, right? Yeah. They just launched a four month program. Okay. Perfect. Yeah. Um, so again, there you'll be with the same people through uh, through the entire year which i also think brings people together just the fact that you're you're with people for a long period of time um but there you have flights organized right so that's a little bit more more facilitated more more organized a little bit less that you um that you have to do yourself right and uh, unsettled i would say is again more of a more of a retreat kind of setup um also quite high end um also when you when you look at the pricing uh and the group sizes i think are smaller than your remote year yeah so Maybe that gives you an idea of the, the different um, the different things sort of in
0: the space. Yeah, no, that's a great overview. Gr- group size-wise, how big is Wi-Fi Tribe? How big are the chapters? Yeah, so we limit it to 25.
1: That's the, the absolute max. Um, we used to do something in the past where we we ran like these experiences for, for young entrepreneurs. And we uh, did exactly the same thing two years in a row. Uh, one time with, it was I think, 23, 24 people, and the other time with um, just over 40 people, right? And we thought, oh my God, it's going to be amazing. It's, it's even more people. It's going to be awesome, right? And then um, we got to it and uh, we just didn't understand why, why it, was, it didn't feel the same. It was, it was just not so connected, right? And later we realized it was, um, there, there must have been a certain size at which people just naturally stuck together. Um, and at, at some point that starts to like flake out and you get, like, you get the exact opposite, right? Um, a group that is really big kind of end up feeling very small because it becomes kind of cliquey and you're like, oh, there's two people here, three people there, four people there. Right. So um, yeah, we've got, that's, that's our, that's our limit. And even at 25, I feel like, okay, um, people have to put more effort in to be together. Um, My favorite group size is probably 18, 20, something like that. I I feel like that's where there's, you know, there's a lot of people, you can really meet a lot of people, but um, you get to know everyone in a, in a meaningful way and people just stick together and do stuff together.
0: Yeah, we, so we started with 72 in our remote year group, <laughs> which is a, a pretty good-sized group. Um, and it definitely it boiled down. We ended with 50. But I, I tend to agree with you that I know they're doing smaller groups now, at least with remote year, and that it, it, tends to, it seems like the attrition is a lot lower and that people are just much more cohesive when you start out with a smaller group.
1: That's the thing. It's, it's building that cohesion is super important.
0: For sure. Um, okay, well, so here's a question like, so the, the whole real goal of this podcast, uh, there's two goals. It's really to, uh, to share stories like founder stories like yourself, uh, that help current digital nomads be better at what they do. So I'm going to ask you maybe a little bit about like what you've seen in terms of a pattern or design patterns that work for people. Um, but the other thing is like, yeah, this is also intended to help folks who are, are, are watching this, who want to be that, you know, they're the aspiring digital nomad. that want to take their job on the road but aren't sure if they can do it. And so I guess two questions here for you. Um, first, do you have any first timers? Like, is this a good gateway drug t- for someone who's never done nomadic travel to be able to hop in and do it? Uh, well, and I'll just let you answer that one first.
1: Sure. Uh, yeah, for sure. For sure. Um, there's a, I think it's a, it's a good mix of both. I wish I knew the, the percentage. Um, just out I gut feeling it must be somewhere
0: around 40, 60, something like that. It sounds about right. Okay. Awesome. Yeah. And then, so for the more seasoned travelers, like what, are there things you notice, like what, what, what makes people successful? Like where, where do people go off the rails? You know, how, who does this not work for and who are the people that you've seen just from all your experience where it does work particularly well for? Okay.
1: So I think the people that, the people for whom it maybe doesn't work so well are people who, um, they might not have done something like co-living before, or they might have a very different concept of it. Um, it probably depends on. I guess you you very much define your expectations based on the closest thing that you can compare it to, right? And in in the case of say, for example, you've been you know, uh, you've been traveling in in hotels mostly for you know for your recent travels that's that's your your expectations and then you're like oh, okay well i want this kind of lifestyle. And It's very different right co-living is with people you're in the same place you're uh you know you're sharing you're sharing things you're you're getting a lot closer um that's that's fundamentally different from the way that hotels are, are set up so that's that's one of those parts um i think another part that makes it difficult for some people or where you see people really succeed if they have experience in it is how they um how they figure out their work part right so if you say for people who are location dependent they have anchors right one of them is get in the car, drive to work, get to work, get to your desk, sit down, maybe drink your coffee work right that's an all of that is an anchor uh, and it anchors you to supposedly productivity um, so you have to create your anchors yourself when you're when you're on the road and um, decide what it, what is it like be conscious about it what, what is it that's going to um be my office, right? If I'm if I'm constantly moving. Um just to give you an example, I I use uh, I've got these, these big noise canceling headphones. Um in the beginning I had to put them on, turn on the noise canceling, put on like the perfect music, the, the the perfect background noise. I feel like this rain going on in the background. And that's like that's what I thought would be my 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 perfect space. So as I kept on doing that, I conditioned myself to become productive doing that, right? Because it was like every time I do that, I will start working productively. Um by now I can literally just put them on and instantly just weirdly feel comfortable at working, right? Um so it's almost like those headphones are my office. Um and it's people who can find those kind of um anchors that are able to stay more focused and more productive. People who start new will usually, you know, they'll they'll be figuring those things out as as they go along, but they also ask other people and and that helps them too.
0: Yeah. Well, and I that's actually a really interesting uh, thing that you bring up with the anchors like to to me this was a lot of uh, figuring out how to thrive amongst chaos because it is like you're always in a changing environment and changing people and different workspaces yada yada but to the people who can figure that out I think it produces like a more valuable employee frankly like you you develop a resilience that I don't know how else you learn that and, and it means you can kind of parachute in and, and any situation and be productive which is pretty incredible that's, I think that's a really good way to put it.
1: Um, people who are like, seasoned as, uh, as remote workers, whether they're working from home or, or anywhere else, uh, but I guess you're right, the more you change things, the, the better, are, um, they're able to take, I think they're able to take control over their productivity in a, in a different way. Um, and, and there's more, uh, probably a stronger sense of like, uh, autonomy and, uh, you know, and, and then being a, a manager of one, as like a self-manager. Um so, I would recommend to to companies, whether they're looking for someone to be location dependent or, or not to consider people who have a, a certain you know number of years uh, working working as freelancers or or for the, for themselves
0: What other types of beneficial qualities do you think this style of working travel uh engenders so resilience mm-hmm. being one of them, but what else is there any anything else you can think of
1: yeah two years ago i uh, I always like to be a a social person and, and thought that that was part of my identity. Um, about two years ago, I was, I had been, I had been away from people <laughs> in a sense for so long. Um, after two years of of doing this, I I feel so incredibly comfortable um, around just just about anyone. Um, so that's an obvious one. It's just that you're you're around people a lot, right? Um, in something like this, it's not just the fact that you're co-working. Like, yeah, you can go to a co-working space, but I always felt like co-working spaces didn't quite do it for me because you go in, you're there for work. When you're done with work, you're like, ah, oh, I'm done with work. I need to go somewhere, right? And that that doesn't bring you together with all the other coworkers. So, what I think is as is valuable in in settings like these is that like you're done with work, you're like, oh, let's go do a sport, play volleyball, workout, um, go on this on this trip, uh, camping, quad biking together, right? And that kind of stuff brings you together. So, that's I think what gave me back that social element that, that, uh, that I was missing and kind of gave me like social training, <laughs> um, like what, and whatever, whatever goes with that. So, yeah, I think, um, the resilience, the social part, um, being, being a self manager, right. Um, that's like a, uh, that's definitely something that you, that you learn along the way and, um, picking up bits and pieces of growth, uh, along the way, right. There's now, there's so many people here and um, that, that you meet along the way that are, from all these different backgrounds, so A obviously different professional background, B also uh, different nationalities. So it's a it's a very diverse um, diverse group. So everyone comes in with um, with their their different quirks and cultures, and I always find that the more uh, the more of a character someone is, the more exciting the entire experience becomes for everyone. Because yeah. um, you can just, like if you can say, "Oh, that's such a uh, such a John thing to do," right? Then then it, you're uh, you know you know you have a character. Um, so you learn like a bit of that cultural, like cultural piece, but also each of those people, uh, they have, they have their different routines. They have things that they do incredibly well, of course, also things that we don't do so well, but everyone has things that they've done for a long time and understood really well. And because it's also people that are kind of already living this experimental lifestyle, they tend to be people who are more experimental with their own lives. Right. Um, so like, a uh, not, not like Tim Ferris, but, but, um, you know, they're they're willing to uh, experiment more with with uh, different things. And I've picked up um, so many different, whether it's habits, uh, even diets, like I'm, I'm on the uh, the fasting, the intermittent fasting thing now for eight months, since someone from the tribe introduced it to me. Yeah, and just mindsets, mentalities, all, all of these different things that you can play around with and, and grow from. Very different to hear it from someone than to
0: just read it online,
1: um, especially because you don't even get exposed to it unless you're looking for it. Nice.
0: Yeah. So exposure to just a really diverse set of all that stuff you just named. That's awesome. Mm
1: -hmm.
0: Cool. Um, Well, let's talk uh, for the people that are listening that want to do this. Can you take us through not necessarily pricing because I know that can change, but like your pricing model, how does it work? I saw it was explained on the website, but it wasn't like, I got to be honest, it was not entirely clear at first glance. So maybe you can kind of like talk us through how it works. Well, that's a good bit of feedback. So, uh, time to change things. No, and and we know that it's been a little bit
1: confusing. Uh, so, we have got to figure that part out. See how we can make it really simple. Um, but yeah, the basic the basic thing behind it is that um, people can can join. So, once people once someone's been accepted um, as a um, as a member, they, they can join anywhere. Right? There's there's no need to sort of go through another uh, interview part. Um, there's a there's a joining fee of three hundred dollars. Um, and then once people are part of the community, then um, and they want to join for the first time, then we'll ask them, okay, well, how many chapters do you want to do per year? Right. There's a, there's an option to do pay as you go. Right. Um, where you just do, okay, one chapter here, one chapter there. Right. Um, but for people who know that they want to do several chapters within the space of time, within that space of time, there is, uh, it's possible to get lower, lower prices. Right. So the more chapters people do the lower the prices are, um, just that for people who say, for example, I want to do three chapters. Um, the commitment that we need on that end to to be able to give those lower prices is um, a $300, and this is separate from the first part, $300 um, deposit for each of those chapters, right? So someone says three chapters, so that'll be 300 times uh, times three. So we got 900 that we'll hold on to in that moment. And um, then as and when someone says, "Oh, I want to join in Peru now, okay, I want to join in South Africa, then we'll start applying each of those $300 to deposits to it that, that books it. And then um, the remainder is just paid shortly before people get there.
0: Cool. All right. So it is, so it's like a, it, it's a $300. Is that a lifetime membership fee or is that a yearly? Yeah, yeah we won't. Uh, it's just lifetime. So it's just for joining. Exactly. Got it. And then just basically a la carte pay as you go. Or if you want to get a bulk discount, then you can commit in advance. And awesome. All exactly. Right. Exactly. And there are, I forgot to say this, there are private and, and shared rooms.
1: Um, so, so yeah, people have the option to to jump between that it was one of one of the reasons that we decided to do that is um so there's a huge salary disc- discrepancy between uh canada and the us and you know the rest of the world um and i'm even talking about like comparing us salaries to uk salaries and and it's really weirdly different um so we wanted to figure out a way that that more international people could could access this right so just personal background i'm, I'm german i'm bolivian um, but I spent some time living in, in the states as well, um, so I know I know what it's like on on the European side, and something that for people from the US might be um, you know like their rent or or sometimes even cheaper than their rent if they're in a in a major city, is is a you know more of a luxury for for people in, in Europe, right? And now think about people in Latin America or, or in Asia, uh, where salaries are lower, right? So this was an option for us to keep the international
0: factor high by offering something um, something that allows like different prices for, for different room options. Yeah, well, I applaud you for trying to lower the the barrier to because I think that, like you just said, the diversity is what really makes this interesting and stronger. And so if you charge it and it's all just kind of on yeah. the high end, you're going to self-select and you're going to get only certain people. So I, I think that's awesome that you guys really try to make it, you know, options available for those people uh, that have lesser salary. That's dope. Cool. All right, it, makes well, a, it makes a difference. I mean, mm-hmm, Go for it. Oh, I was just going to say, um, so you guys are hiring right now. I wanted to mention this just in case anyone's listening. I know I connected you with my friend Jordan, but you guys are hiring for That's a head it. of growth marketing. Um, can yeah. you talk a bit about that position in case there's someone who it's, this is like the perfect fit for who's listening right now? Sure. Sweet. That's awesome, actually. So um, I've been doing
1: marketing for, for a while, startup marketing. Yeah. Uh, I've been doing all the marketing for Wi-Fi Tribe. Uh, the point here of the person coming in is they got to kick my ass. <laughs> they got to absolutely uh, show me up and, uh, and do it way, 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 way better than me. Um, It's part of the philosophy that we have for the team in general. It's that um, we should be, we should feel kind of nervous working with each other because everyone's so, uh, so good at what they do. Um, so yeah, the, the, uh, that's sort of like a, a general overview for that position. Um, specifically, I guess the person would, would need to have, uh, you know, a, a broad range of skills across the different marketing fields, uh, good strategic mind. So really, be again, be that head of marketing, um, and ideally, one one skill that they're they're very uh, very focused on, very uh, very good at, right? Um, so that's like in marketing, they, they call it the classic like like the T shape skill where you got the, the top of the T is that that broad range of like, I know all of these different marketing technologies and, and how to use them. And then the 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 stick of the T is the um, is that one specific skill where you go really deep. And uh,
0: uh, yeah, you know, that that feel well.
1: that'll be that.
0: Cool. All right. So if you're listening, and you are you have a T-shaped marketing skill set. <laughs> Get in touch with Diego. Uh, that position's on your website, right? If they go to the careers yes. page. Yeah, well,
1: well, actually, uh, it's on, on
0: AngelList. We should uh, start, up, start that up on the website, too. But currently, it's on AngelList. Yeah. Okay, so look up Wi-Fi Tribe on AngelList if you're listening and you're interested in that position. Um, Just a couple more questions here, like anything you can share in terms of like where you see this going? Are you guys making any kind of structural changes or adding new cities or anything that you're able or willing to share uh, of how the program is changing?
1: Yeah, sure. Um, I could, let me see if I can give you some exact details on that. Um, See if I have it here in front of me. If not, I'll just give you a, a quick overview um so basically as as for the quick overview we are next year for the first time we're starting to do uh, permanent locations or semi permanent locations and we'll be starting in in Medellin um and uh, then there'll be three other places as well it's going to be uh Bali um Lisbon and South Africa and then the first year world so in the next year we're going to be doing them for about half of the year um giving people the option to join and then just to stay on if they want to for another, uh, another few months after that. Um, and then the, see, I'm just trying to bring up that, uh, that itinerary that we have. Um, yeah. And then the other chapters that we'll be adding to it will be um, a few more in Africa. So we've, we've currently only done South Africa. So there'll be a few more there. Uh, we're adding Oman to the mix. I used to live there. It's, it's a beautiful place. Um, there's uh, Iceland is coming in. So there are a few more places in, in Europe. Um, and then, as I was mentioning before, we're going to split South America and Central America, so that there's sort of that option of being on the beach uh, in Central America, or like exploring, exploring that part of the world, uh, or jumping over to South America at any point in between. Um, all in all, I think we're doing over 50 chapters next year, and they, and I think um, there are 35 to 40 different different cities that we will be in. Um, so it's it's quite a it's quite a mix to to choose from. Well, yeah, structurally in the future, we want to figure out um, how to make this, that alternative lifestyle that people can just plug themselves into at any point.
0: Right. And that really requires us to have permanent places. And so by permanent, you mean someone could do the Wi-Fi tribe and just decide to stay in Lisbon. Like if you have a a co-working space here in Lisbon, then they could just stay. Yeah, absolutely. The idea would be that, um,
1: so in a similar way to I guess uh, other companies that already have that start. So some companies started that way right away from the beginning, and other companies started as as programs. I, I don't know. I'm guessing remote you probably wants to start moving in that direction too. I, I imagine um, most most uh, most of the companies would. Um, in our in our case, we just want to figure out how can how can we create this network of um, of houses around the world that are you know ready for community where community is is already there. Um, and active and you can just come in plug yourself in um, and be there as as long as you want and then you say oh now i'd really like to live in this place right just be have the full freedom to be able to make that choice of moving from one place to the other the so it would essentially be two different things where on one side we have like this program where people sort of travel continuously through the through the chapters that we have um, and on the other side it would be these these permanent places the differences would be more subtle um, but there would be some some differences. So the both the locations would probably have smaller, smaller groups, probably between ten and fifteen. Um, we've also found that that's worked really well, um, especially for longer, longer term groups as well, um, or just longer term living. Um, yeah, and I'm guessing that there will be slightly the focus will be slightly less on the adventure, and a little bit more on living in that place and experiencing that place, right? So people won't be as stressed about like doing something every weekend and being super active, as as we are when we you know, when we leave, when we uh, stay in your place for just a month. Um, but yeah, those, those kind of differences, but the point is community always has to be there and
0: it has to feel like home. Cool. And I just want to clarify. So you guys all live under the same roof, right? That's, that's kind of a unique feature of this program. Ideally, ideally it's not, it's not entirely possible, but togetherness, again, togetherness and
1: community is our, is our goal. So we try to optimize for that. Um, I can maybe show you the house in a second, but here we have one we have one main house um, where we do the, you know, we work together, we're, we're here for most of the time together. And Bolivia is a kind of weird place. It's uh, uh, one of the only places that's kind of more like a retreat because uh, we've got, like, there's an option for meals cooked three times a day and uh, we're just, you know, we're just surrounded by nuts. So it's a bit different, um, but, but out of the city, usually we're, we're right in the middle of the city. Um, so when we can, we'll have one house for everyone. Um, the second best option is having a few houses right next to each other. Um, or close to each other like here in bolivia um then next best option is uh, apartments in uh, in one building in a city because again in cities it's very rare to get houses um and then the uh the other option is apartments there you know within five to ten minutes walking distance again so that we're close um but it's it's what's available in the different places
0: got it but optimize for community and then optimize for of... closing yeah cool. absolutely very cool. Absolutely. All right. Well, you had mentioned, and I would love, yeah, if you don't mind in a minute to show us just True. the house, but I, I, yeah. you mentioned Tim Ferriss. So I'm going to get kind of Tim Ferriss on you here for a second uh, and ask uh, some very tactical uh, questions. Um, any resources you read regularly or podcasts you listen to on the regular? Um,
1: I am a big fan of audiobooks. books. Uh, I'm a slow reader and, I, and uh, I, I've put myself to sleep a few times reading. Um, so I'll, I'll try to get the, the different books in, in audio version, uh, and then you can, you can like speed them up two times and, uh, and just cause a lot of books take a while to, to get going, uh, simulate a lot of information. Um, first for people doing, doing startups, uh, one of my favorites is, uh, Tony Shea's Delivering Happiness. Um, it just focuses on building, building, uh, everything based on values, right? Based on, based on core values. Uh, in, in your company, in our case, we can do that both with our company. So the team and with the community right um because they're essentially two two same things but at the same time different things um that's been hugely uh inspirational and and valuable to me um another one is rework rework is just fantastic for people um doing startups because it's just it's it's condensed into just this super like fantastic advice in a a very short space of
0: space of time um yeah we actually bought that what i had a startup and we we bought one of the first sets of copies of rework we bought like 10 copies and gave it to every member of our startup because we same thing like jason freed those guys just they nail it they know exactly what they're it. amazing no wow, that was incredible and uh like even
1: the fact that they, they tell one of the things that they tell you is uh strip it down to the most basic things and just focus on those and then they tell you we stripped this book down by like i don't know 200 percent or something like that it was clearly just totally reduced it um yeah it's a really really cool book um. Let's see. And then there's just other, uh, like self-development books, uh, leadership books. Um. Again, they're, they're sort of. I've 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 listened to a lot of them recently, so I don't have have all the names in in my head. Podcasts. Um. Not so much anymore because I spend more time with the, uh, with the books. But, but yeah, that's uh, that's most of it. And then I'm just absorbing a lot from the people here. So usually every month I'll have one new habit, one new thing I'm trying. Um. This month I've uh, decided to do cold showers. Uh, which has been painful at first uh, but i think it's made a difference um yeah just a certain morning routine of like getting into movement instantly getting light instantly this is also from an audiobook that i listened to they, they mentioned the same thing as well get hydrated instantly um and then just having again those are anchors right uh it's just like if you do this oh then the next thing i have to do is this yep there's no choice then i have to do that Yep, also no choice right so you're just setting your morning up for uh, for a,
0: like a not uh, just for success right um just for for like automation almost yeah 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 the cold showers i just came from barcelona where in, for whatever yeah. reason like just we had the most unreliable hot water and so i said oh well, i'm just gonna use this as an like, <laughs> like try the cold showers And i'm still doing it actually so it works awesome yeah. awesome
1: what about yeah, the intermittent and,
0: and I mean, people, oh, i'm sorry go ahead oh yeah
1: no i was just gonna add for the cold showers like people just to give you give some context maybe to people um there's there's two two like bigger sides of it on one side, people say it's healthy, and on the other side, people say it wakes you up and gets you to do hard things, right? Um, so, for both of people might do it for different reasons, or both of them. Um, from the health perspective, uh, it's meant to give your immune system a bit of a kick. Um, and at first, you got to, so you got to start kind of easy, otherwise, like you, can, you can actually uh, tip, sort of tip it over, and and actually get a little bit sick at first. Um, but if you continue doing it, um, that it it just keeps it in gear. Um, and I've, I've certainly felt that, um, I've, I've certainly felt, uh, felt healthier here um, since doing that. The other side is like, it is a hard, it is kind of a hard thing, uncomfortable thing to do, which makes like difficult emails a little, a little bit easier to, uh, to write yeah. right, right. Intermittent fasting.
0: <laughs> yeah. 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 Um, intermittent fasting. Okay, Uh, what would you like to know about it specifically, or or sort of my approach? It. Well, just uh, so I did the paleo diet um, for two years, and it's a tough thing to keep up with on the road. And I've looked at intermittent fasting because I know, uh, again, Tim Ferriss, uh, you know, he's big on that. But what, like, what beneficial effects have you seen from it? Sure, Um, seen. I would say
1: probably only one. Uh, Way more focus when I'm actually doing the fasts. I um, okay, two, two. Um, When I'm doing the fast, I. Feel a lot more focused during that day. Um, They say that that's meant to be one of the one of the benefits. So perfect, looks like it's working. Um, And I think biologically speaking, it's also because um, when your body starts to go into that fast mode, um, biologically it's telling you, all right, get your get your shit together. You you have to go. uh, You have to go hunt for some food, um, or or get some berries. Um, So it it probably gives you a a certain amount of um, just uh, just just focus. Um, The other one is uh, weight control. So it's not that I've ever really uh, struggle with that part, but now I can literally eat absolutely anything, and I will notice a slight difference from beginning of the week to end of the week because I do it once a week, uh, twenty four to to thirty four hours depending on on how I feel, um, and and yeah, absolutely, it's uh, it, it it keeps me wherever I want to be, so it just makes makes it so much easier, um, and then of course you also don't have to worry about food that day; you uh, just get a few more hours in in your day from that. Um, it's I think if it is if it is healthy and so many people agree that it is um, it's the easiest thing that you can do for your health, right? There's so many other things that are a lot more difficult to do.
0: Yeah, it's the lowest hanging fruit, so to speak. It there. is, grab it, it's <laughs> right there. <laughs> what about um, sleep? Have you done anything on the sleep uh, regimen or any, any kind of rituals there? I, I,
1: uh, I, I'm blessed that sleep is absolutely not my problem. I can sleep standing. Um, I'd like to do about, yeah, it's more a time thing than anything. I try to get my seven hours in. um, not always possible, but yeah. yeah. So yeah, I, I, I wouldn't be a good person to, to, to talk about
0: optimizing that because there's no need. Yeah. Cool. All right. Last tactical question. Uh, any travel hacks that you've learned that you could share that might be useful to, to the nomadic crowd? Get Google Fi. Uh,
1: it's a, it's a fantastic service. Um, it's so you have to get uh, you have to get the Google Fi SIM card, get it shipped. I think it only gets shipped to Canada and the U.S. I'm, I'm not sure if it also gets shipped to Europe. Get yourself a a refurbished. Uh, if, as in, if you don't have a Google phone, get yourself a refurbished, um, you know, very early version of, of the of the Google phone um, that you can put the Fi SIM into, because uh, you need that to, to set it up. And then once it's set up, you can either keep that phone, use it as a as a hotspot or as a as a second phone while you're traveling, which is always good to have anyway. So you don't always take out your best phone. And um, the other option is to uh, you can then take the that SIM and put it in, for example, a uh, just just an iPhone. Then it works, right? So I did, so I was really happy that I could I could use it there. Uh, what's awesome about Google Fi is that it gives you internet wherever you go. Um, typically LTE speeds. So far, I think I've all or four G speeds. I've always had, had those those speeds. Um, and you pay as you go for your data. You literally pay per per amount of data. It's $10 per gigabyte um, If you don't use half of that you get half of that back and um, It gets capped at $60 a month, but you can use up to 15 gigabytes a month. So
0: if you're a heavy user um, You're paying very very little for per gigabyte and it's just not worth getting more bits of some cards. Yeah, and with WhatsApp, it's like, you don't really need voice anymore, I feel like. So it's just data, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah, yeah, there's no. There's not much of a need for it. We always get local SIM cards anyway, um,
1: because they are, yeah, they are very cheap, and we're there for a long time. And we all also set up our backups with, uh, with local SIM cards, um, right? But yeah, if you were a heavy user of Google Fi, heavy user of data, like at least 15 or around 15 gigabytes a month, Um, It's super worth it, but it's worth it anyway, just to have it you land you're in the airport immediately you have internet you can do stuff It's it's fantastic. It's an awesome
0: Great tip great tip cool, man Well, if you're up for it. Yeah, we'd love to see the house for the people listening. You won't see this Yeah, for the people watching Maybe, we should should. Cool, let me see Uh,
1: Right, let me see if I can show you around a little bit. So you caught us on our um, second day of Of clouds in La Paz um, cause we're in the dry season technically now it's all really sunny. Right. Let me see. Um, so that's sort of the, the main part of the, the house. Um, there's a little barbecue area over there. Um, still very early in the morning. So, uh, most people aren't out yet. Then, um, you see like around here, it's just, just a bunch of mountains. And if you look way back there, I think, let me see if I can point at it. That's La Paz over there. So that's about 30 minutes out. Okay. Um, again, it's one of the few places where we're actually, where we're remote. Um, in most places we're we're right right within the, the middle of the city. yeah, let me see if you want I can just take a quick step inside yeah um, I think people might have breakfast soon here I'll um, just just get you get you through that quickly careful there will be some morning faces <laughs> right so yeah that's uh, breakfast over there <laughs> hey, breakfast. <people. laughs>
0: <laughs>
1: you, you, you didn't hear that, <laughs> right? Uh, up here and then and then yeah, just around the rest of the house is uh, there's just two floors of it, and uh, yeah, that's about it. So we this is where we where we meet for most of the uh, most of the working sessions and and for food and all that stuff. Yeah,
0: cool. And there's a volleyball court in the back as well, so on the other side looks okay. amazing. So everyone is under the same roof. It sounds like in this situation.
1: Well, there are th- there are three houses, three big houses, but this is the main one, and this is where we uh, again, where we
0: where we spend most of our our time together. Cool. Where, yeah, there's the volleyball pitch there somewhere. <laughs> Beautiful view. Yeah. Awesome. Well, hey man, any parting thoughts for someone listening who's thinking, you know, maybe they've not ever done this? Like any any words of wisdom or uh, you know, in- inspirational thoughts for those folks who are thinking about doing this?
1: inspirational thoughts,
0: ah, oh, um, no pressure. <laughs> well, um, no, could you imagine your life had you not done what you're doing now? I mean, obviously it's been completely <laughs> life-changing for you, but, um, and I would say for me as well, it's been transformative. I now live in Lisbon and I never would be here otherwise. Like, uh, but yeah. No. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, I think it's a, uh, it's a combination. I, I would
1: say two things. So one of them is a classic quote of, um, I think it's Jim Ron, you are the average of the five people you spend the most time with, right? um so be conscious about and it's part of lifestyle design really which is the second part of this uh be conscious about um about who you're around uh and keep experimenting with that like you'll figure out um who makes you who makes you happy who helps you grow um yeah it's 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 also it's not something that you would just decide now and be like okay i'm never going to change that um keep keep shifting it um and the other part is uh yeah just just lifestyle i guess lifestyle design in general um being conscious about the fact that you can change just about anything, right? Um, figure out what—not people chase happiness a little bit too much, maybe, but yeah, figure out what makes you happy. Um, figure out what makes you what makes you fulfill, fulfilled. Um, that has something to do with your work. It has something to do with where you are. It has something to do with who you're around. Um, right? So, yeah, every, everyone can can everyone can design their lives. Um, and it's a, it's a continuum, it's not just like, oh, I do or I do not design it. Um, you can design a little bit of it, you can change a little bit of it. Um, yeah, so I would, I would highly recommend that. For me, it's been, I have realized about a year ago, a year and a bit ago that, so I grew up changing countries every, every two years or so. Uh, when I was about one, we moved out of Germany, and um, I realized that I never really fit into Germany, never really fit into Bolivia. So again, I'm German, German, Bolivian. Um, it, when I was in those social environments, I felt I felt like I wasn't hundred percent in there. Um, studied in the UK, never really fit into there. Um, never really fit into uh, an American American crowd either. Um, even though I, I might sound more American. Um, I realized while doing this that uh, home really is a constellation of people. Um, a certain a certain you know group of people certain mindsets certain values uh inspirations um and being around those people has made me feel comfortable right so i've found home in something uh in, in this constellation of people again you can take away the locations and the travel part i would want to keep the uh, the community aspect uh, but
0: yeah that's different for for everyone give it a try figure things out uh design experiment love it Awesome. All right. So how do they, if someone's listening, they want to do Wi Fi Tribe, they just go to WiFi Tribe.co, right? And sign up there. Yeah, exactly. There's a there's a little apply to join part. Exactly. It's, not, it's an application. Not everyone gets in, but you can apply at wifi tribe.co, right? Exactly. It's important. Um just just so that it fits for them and it fits for us. Absolutely. Cool. All right, Diego, thank you so much, man, for taking the time. This has been really great. Hey, pleasure, Sean. All right. Well and, yeah, we'll be in touch. Yep. Yeah, next time you're in Lisbon, hit me up. We definitely got to grab lunch. I I might be so I'll do that. (laughs) Perfect. Take care. Be be well. Okay, that was my conversation with Diego Bejarano of Wi-Fi Tribe. Hope you found it useful. Uh, If you'd like to get in touch with Diego, you can leave him a comment under his episode, uh, written comment. You can also leave him a video comment using your webcam. Uh, So we are now syndicated. Exciting times. This podcast is now syndicated via most major podcasting platforms, including Apple and Google. Uh, So you can get downloadable audio for the latest episodes by subscribing from your favorite platform. Just go to nomadpodcast.com and click on the subscribe link at the top in the header. Uh, Or if you'd like, add your email in the footer and be the first person to receive announcements of new video episodes as they come out. If you're considering doing a nomadic travel program, uh, such as Wi-Fi Tribe, you can save up to $300 off select programs simply by applying via our discounts page. Uh, you'll find that link in the footer of our site under Program Discounts, or simply go to nomadpodcast.com discounts uh, to apply for any of the available programs. Note, if you apply directly to the program, it does invalidate your opportunity to get this discount, so be sure to apply via our form on our site. Nomad Podcast is supported in part by Nomad Prep, an online academy for aspiring digital nomads to help you put your preparation efforts on rails. Get the first four days of this two-week program completely free by going to nomadprep.com podcast. Nomad Prep, take your job on the road and take on the world. Lastly, I would love to know what topics you would like to see me cover in future episodes and what guests you would like me to have. Uh, We do have some more founders coming down the pipe, so I'm excited to introduce you uh, to some of the other folks who have created uh, competing travel programs just to give you the lay of the land so you know what's out there. Um, And I also am inviting other domain experts. So I see interviewing nomads, founders, and domain experts that can help you, uh, whether you're on the road to be a better nomad now, or if you're an aspiring nomad, to, uh, to actually make the leap and to give you the confidence to do this and make a successful transition. Okay, so for these tips and more, tune in to the next episode of the Nomad Podcast. Until next time, thank you for listening. Uh, again, I'm your host, Sean Tierney. It's a big world out there. Get out there and explore it. I'll see you on the road. Nomad. Nomad!